I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are we? And welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. Coming to you this Thursday evening, we are recording as the Football Content Awards gets underway. We are so confident we're not going to win an award, we haven't bothered to go to the award ceremony. However, far more important things to talk about, as you can imagine, Altium, Weymouth and a whole lot of shenanigans in between. So, of course... We have to have the deadly duo of Ian Perkins and David Coates to discuss it all as well. Gentlemen, it's been a quite a couple of days to be a Yeovil fan, hasn't it? Very, very quiet. <laughs> Might have been quiet for you. <laughs> you've been, you've been, been, been running around trying to sell your house. That's, uh, that's far more important than... Uh, again, again. Again, yeah. I can imagine the, uh, the uh, previous buyers of our house are listening to the podcast but if you are thanks for pulling out just as we get ourselves sorted for our house move into our new house thanks very much for that hassle yeah i'm sure good people of leeds uh, west yorkshire listen to this I'm sure regularly regularly yeah. i'm sure yeah. Yes. Yeah. just like the greater manchester police listen to it <laughs> <laughs> hey they, they nearly picked me up on the way there so yeah <laughs> is is ultrium subject of the greater manchester police yeah, it is. That yeah, was that was uh, where it all started, wasn't it? That's where and, it all because I went there under uh, incognito, didn't I? And then I then I ended up with a uh, a ticket, say, well, a letter from Great Master Police saying that I didn't have any insurance on my car. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was yeah, someone genuinely trying to uh, to pull me. But yeah, yeah. Andrew, and you went to an away match. Exactly. It said disgusting. At the bottom. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. P.S. We know you're a Yeovil fan. Yeah. If they, uh, we feel sorry for you. If they get back in touch, can you report a robbery, please? Because Josh Thornton's ball was so far over the line, I could see from Leeds. <laughs> let's go. Let's let's talk backwards before we talk forwards. Um, Yeovil drew one all against Altrincham, who had a left back in goal for seventy five minutes, and I, I, I'm everything I'm told is that I should be happy about that. Ian, 
Should I be happy about that? I'm a bit confused. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. Okay, fine. That's okay then. Okay, just I thought I was supposed to be happy about it. Because I, I don't, don't know feel... why we're, we're painting this goalkeeper to have had an absolute worldie for some, or this left back to have had an absolute worldie in goal. I mean, you, you've seen Quigley's goal by now, I assume. Yeah, that was um, a, a spillage, yes. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't try that a bit more. <laughs> well, okay. I mean... I mean, they defended well. They defended they, yeah. they defended for their lives because they had a left-back in goal. And yeah. for some reason, we, well, <laughs> we just did not break it down. So, okay. Now, if you've listened to the manager's comments today, he played a little bit devil's advocate with regards to some of the statistics. He said he wasn't a stats guy, but he did give us lots of stats. <laughs> he had a lot of statistics for someone who doesn't like him, didn't he? A loves us, loves the statistic, but doesn't really like a statistic. Um, 28 shots on goal during the game. I'll, I'll be honest with you. My numbers made 20. Not to, but you know, my numbers made 20. Loads of corners. Um, lots of um, dangerous attacks. If you're a follower of an in-play betting is that, service. Is that the same as final third entries? That a particular, I, a previous Darren used to talk about a lot. No idea. Um, an XG of six. Yeah. Um, plenty of crosses. Did we do enough? to write that off as just one of those days in front of goal on the night. Cause I want to ask a follow-up question off the back of it. Ian. We never created anything clear cut. Okay. There was no moments. I mean, Quigley had a decent volley that just went over the post. It was sort of, it was sort of like a snapshot turn in the box chance, but I never thought that we were like, there was no moment. Where I was like, Oh, we're in here. This is it. This is it. We're going to score. We had these efforts from corners. Um, and I, you know, like I wrote on the conclusions, I think if our best chance of us saying we should have won that game is where we've had to get an assistant referee to make a decision at whether the ball's gone over the line or not through of loads of bodies. I mean, there's no way they could tell that was in. No way. <laughs> I couldn't tell it was in. And I was sort of side on looking directly at the goal and it, it to me it's yeah there was no way they could tell okay then so my follow-up question is had we not done so so poorly against chesterfield Borehamwood, maidenhead Notts county coming into that game let's say we'd picked up for argument's sake six seven points out of those four games and then that altrium game happens exactly as it did player gets uh, goalie gets uh, taken out left back goes in goal huff and puff can't blow the house down do you think we're thinking about it differently in any way shape or form are we kind of going oh well at least we tried but because we gave up the wiggle room going into that game there was more demand on it do you understand what i'm asking i do but i think the fact that we couldn't be a team with an outfield player in goal regardless of wiggle room context is not good enough, in my view. I just uh, no, I don't know how that. I don't know how it's like. We're a full time football club playing a fu- a part time football club with a left back in goal. And they've travelled two hundred and twenty miles down the road to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the northwest of England to the southwest of England is quite a long way. So along uh, 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 the M5, M6. I'd have been happy with a point against Altrinham at home if they didn't have a left back in goal for 74 minutes. So. 
I would have been happy with a point. And they lost another defender, didn't they? Malawi. Yeah, yeah. they did. That. So they had to reshape in two pretty significant ways quite early on. Um, I tell you what, that AJ, that AJ Leach Smith looks like a good player. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon we could possibly get the better out of him if we if we took him on? <laughs> we can't because he's been in the quiz already and he's, he's got to be a former player if you've been in the quiz. So sorry, <laughs> can't have him again. Yeah, quiz rules. <laughs> um, okay, then let's talk pre-goalkeeper injury because we all wanted a response. We all wanted an attacking impetus. 4-3-3, essentially. Is that about right? With the three out and out attackers, Quigley, yeah. Yusuf and uh, Seymour on the pitch. And before the injury to the goalkeeper, we were more attacking. No, we had some shots. We had some corners. We got out of the traps early. That's that's a positive, is it not? Yeah, I think it took us three minutes to have a shot on target, which was, yeah, really good. <laughs> a whole 82 minutes before we did on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did come out of the blocks looking really good. Um, yeah, lots of efforts. We were just... We sort of just didn't let him breathe, really. We were putting the balls in, and I thought Yusuf is just like a wrecking ball, just, um, you know, bounding around and causing hassle. Seymour looks bright. I like him. I think we need to, I think we hopefully will get a lot out of him. I'd like to think we would. Um, yeah, we look, we look much better. That was almost too positive for me. I was going to say, yeah, it's a little bit rude. Right. What have you done with <laughs> yeah. it? Well, right? we did, yeah, we did. Well, we did. We looked good. The first six minutes were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the best time we've had all season. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, as someone who was at Stockport, it's not the best six minutes I've had all season. Um, I don't really know what else to ask about that, really. So the, 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 the sense, the feeling, the conversations afterwards with Tom Knowles, with the gaffer and the pre-match today has all been fairly positive about it whether that's right or wrong do you think that the guys feel that the step up from that Notts County debacle there's no other way of putting it to the performance against Altrium is enough to get them excited about the fact that they are returning to something akin to form because they do all seem genuinely Tom Knowles seemed like saying I'm back to where I want to be which is something that I think you've wanted more than anything. That was his line that you saw. You said you haven't seen this Tom Knowles from a while. He said he feels like he's back to where he has been in the past. Um, Dale Gorman mentioned that a few of them were getting, trying to get back in form. That Others got a bit of praise from the gaffer. It's heading in the right direction. Is it not? <laughs> Maybe. Or am I clutching it straws? Well, I don't think Tom Knowles is in form. Well, he says he feels he's back to where he was. Now, one game's not going to do that, yeah, but, but three, not. four, five. If he does that on Saturday and then following on... If he does what on Saturday? Gets taken off after 70 minutes because he's not done anything. Well, the manager said today as well that he thought that uh, that Tom Knowles was back in form. And he said that he thought Joe Quigley was back in form based on the performances against um, Altrinham as well. I'm trying here, Dave. I'm trying, aren't I? <laughs> I'm trying you are trying. Yeah, you, are you two weren't there. I mean... You two weren't there. <laughs> You weren't there, man. You weren't there, man. You, you didn't there. know. Here we go. Altingham. <laughs> Read Vietnam. Quickly scored. That's good. That's a good thing. That, that is, is, a, a, good that is a good thing. He reacted. Positive. He was there. It was almost like he knew this not goalkeeper was going to drop the ball. And he he was there accordingly. But we're not playing we're not playing to his strengths. 
yeah, we, we're treating him like a head on a stick, I seem to feel. Yeah, which he's not. Last season, Darren Sarr said he's so much more than that. And he's had to re-coach him. And now he's, I don't know. Yeah, I thought we're not playing to Quigley's strength. And he gets, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He is obvious when we're not doing it. It's like when we used to lump it up to gold and he wouldn't win a header for however many times in a row or when we try to do it with key for more. It, it's, I don't know, he's he's better with the ball at his feet, but I didn't think he did. <laughs> didn't think he did a great deal on Tuesday other than his goal. He's, he's a physical presence to have around, but yeah, we're not playing to his strengths right now. I haven't got anywhere else to go, Dave. Can you ask anything more? I'm I'm, str- I'm struggling. I've tried so hard. No, I I think it's a it's a decent summary, isn't it? I said after the game, I would have been very pleased with a with a point against Altrincham if they hadn't had a left back in goal for 74 minutes. And I think that that's true. I mean, if we're really clutching for um for positives here, yeah, it's a point against a team who's above us. <sighs> We we had more shots on th- shots on target than we did the previous game. I guess that's got to be a slightly there is a slightly upward trajectory. We didn't lose, and we had a shot be- before the eighty fifth minute. That's Jor- about as much as I can get. Jordan Barnett came back in. Yeah, he was good, um, as expected. We showed we could do something a bit differently, and that we had three forwards on the pitch. I was going to say Seymour got a bit of praise from the manager today as well. He yeah, no, he's he's growing into it. I thought he was good in I thought he was good in the first game against Maidenhead, yeah. and then I was disappointed that he didn't start against Notts County. I think that was a mistake to not have him in there. Um, maybe he was, you know, not quite match fit to start two in a row. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that he said about having a fifth. He talked about having a goalkeeper on the bench. And saying he always wants to have a goalkeeper on the bench, but the last two games we've not had. Well, he did against Altrincham. Max Evans was there, wasn't he, against Altrincham? Oh, was he on the bench against Altrincham? Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I was too, I was too caught up in the Ferrari ahead of Altrincham. Uh, (laughs) Oh, there you go. Segway, Ben. Segway, segway. And I had a beer before. Right, get a bit Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Got a beer now in case we win an award. Um, I, for, for everyone for for context the uh the football contents awards have now begun the first award has just been handed out uh it was best young content creator congratulations you? no it wasn't me uh <laughs> definitely, definitely wasn't you. <laughs> what about the best old content creator what about that ageist um, United Cloud won that one well done oh, to them well I've done. no I have no idea what's going on but I am watching um, the the small one from Soccer AM is doing the hosting. Um, everyone's getting their moment in the sun. Yes, so well done to them. Uh, if if and when I spot our category, I'll interrupt and I'll live react to us not winning. <laughs> Although I have just Forward noticed that everyone is getting a, there is a bronze, silver, and gold award. Oh. I thought it was just a flat win. So if we sneak a bronze, yeah, how good would that be? Sneak a bronze in. It's like a winning draw. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, it's better than how a, many stars can we have? It's better than a losing draw, which is what we're getting a lot of at the moment. No, you, you need to cheer up. <laughs> right. right. Hey, I've had three home games in a row. 
I cannot, and a fourth on Saturday. <laughs> I'm looking forward to an away game so I don't have to watch. Nice. That's up to <laughs> us then, I'm afraid. Well, I d- neither of us are going to Grimsby. No. I've got Solihull, though. Oh, the nice. next away game I'll do is Solihull as well. So, yeah, we'll suffer together with that one, Ben. But yeah, afraid <laughs> but- so. Anyway, so tell us about what happened before the game. So before all of this happened, you uh, everyone got fired up about a statement which came out from the uh, Supporters Alliance group, which is made up of, would it be fair to say it's made up of the main supporters, uh, fans groups of the of Yeovil Town? The Green and Whites are on it, the Glover's Trust are on it, um, and then other bodies which are probably more at the Disabled Supporters Association. I think they're on it as yeah, well, I aren't think they? So. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's a few of us. Which uh, and I won't read it all out because you can read it on the website if you want to. But um, commented on speculation on social media um, over the past seventy-two hours uh, and urged our AWOL chairman and owner, uh, Mr. Scott Priestnell to uh, come out and offer some certainty and clarity as to the future of Yeovertown FC. So, uh, anyone want to say what that was all about? (laughs) (laughs) What what the the social media speculation was? Well, there's, you know, we've got speculation about people at the table and nothing being talked about. No, you know. The owner's gone silent. People know it's happening. Um, <laughs> it, it was described somewhere as the worst kept secret, but still a secret, isn't it? I'm sure <laughs> it I read was. that written somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, there was a blog on our on our website written by some idiot, um, which uh, <laughs> which spoke about uh, yes, a uh, two uh, groups. Uh, uh, two consortiums bidding for the ownership of Yeovertown, led by current club director Glenn Collis, and another led by Julian Jenkins, an ex-Cardiff City commercial director and CEO at Swissside Civette, which uh, seemed to have been um, fired up by well, some. There's, there's, a, there's a website which I'm sure all Yeovertown supporters will come across called Global Twenty Four Seven, which seems to write these. I can only describe them as a bizarre string of online articles um, uh, claiming to have some connection uh, with Julian Jenkins, but I'm not sure what they've got a connection with, but it's uh, they've got a connection with something. I just don't know where it is, but, um, uh, and, and that seemed to be suggesting that there were these two groups. Now we know there are two groups or we were told by the Glover's trust that there were two groups bidding for the, um, uh, for the for the ownership of the club, Ben, what did you make of uh, of of the statement and uh, everything which has been discussed before and after? Uh, first thing, congratulations to Sheffield United Way, who have won Best Football League podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, statements are are fine, aren't they? Statements are good. Statements are welcomed. The people we need the statements from are the people not giving statements. This is how I feel. Is the honest answer now. Um, it feels to me like quite a lot of um, people have made their mind up with regards to the worst kept secret in um, South Somerset football history as to who these two people may or may not be or two consortiums who they may or may not be. Um, I It's time now. It's time now for 
consortium A and consortium B to come out and say, here's what I want to do. Here's how we can help. Because people have made their mind up. I think I've made my mind up as to who I would like. And do you want to say? Well, everything I've read and everything I've seen and you talking about specifically last last week, nothing changes till everything changes, tells me that we have to start afresh. And that is with Julian Jenkins, if that's part of the team. So if you're listening, Glenn, and I'm sure that you have nothing but genuine um, thoughts that you are good and that your team is good and that you have the right things in heart and you are trying to do things for what you believe in and the right reasons behind it. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you are going to put forward a bid that you think is best for and show as being best for the club. But Glenn, walk away. It's time. Thank you. Thank you for trying. Thank you for trying to put together something, but it's time now to call it a day. This football club, these people deserve change, deserve brand new thought processes, deserve brand new people. And you, unfortunately, in the same way Scott has done the square root of nothing, you've shown us nothing that you'd be any better in his seat. So, Glenn, sorry, mate. Thank you for genuinely trying. And I'm happy to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're doing everything in the right possible mind. Walk away with your head held high and with your reputation still intact. And anyone in who may be listening that is a part of his group who is thinking about being on his side, walk away. It's time. None of us deserve this. You don't deserve this. Glenn, you don't deserve this, Glenn. You don't deserve the vitriol that would come your way if you get the, uh, if you get the club in your hands. It's done. It's time. Let Julian take over and let bygones be bygones and let's just see where this thing can go because we're all bored, shitless, press the button to say naughty words, <laughs> about stupid tax things on companies' house that none of us <laughs> understand. You love it. no. No, I don't. Ben don't. stayed up till God no. knows what time I was, on. When, I, was in a WhatsApp conversa- I was in a WhatsApp conversation with Jimmy Healy at 1 a.m. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? Thanks for pointing me in the direction of a couple of things. That's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. It's ben should be doing right. Pokemon Go and instead I, he's crawling through the Oval Athletic and Football Club. There was a five-star <laughs> raid on just outside my house and I couldn't take part. So well, I've no uh, idea what that means, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah. By the way, best international podcast has gone to a Celtic state of mind, a Celtic state of mind, obviously. <laughs> there we go. Idiot. Yeah. Um, we our, 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 ours might be next. So if I interrupt at any point, then that's then that's why. Um, so I've said my bit. It's time for it's time. It's time. Yeah. And that's well, just and that's not a that's not a thought of anyone else. That's me and my opinion, not endorsed by anyone else ever. So yes, there you go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Ian's allowed to uh, to say anything on this one. But um, yeah, I could not agree with you more, Ben. And and I think I probably said my people have heard more than enough from me. But uh, yeah, I would reiterate where you began with that. Nothing changes to everything changes. And Glenn Collis, it's not change. It's just a continuation of where we are. And a continuation of where we are is a continuation of where we've been, basically probably since we got relegated out the championship, probably even before then, because the John Fry, Norman Hayward continuation 
since we got relegated out of the championship has been a slow descent and I, I can only see if we stay, if we, we keep on doing the things we do, we'll get what we always got, won't we? Um, and unfortunately, I don't really like what we've had in the last few seasons. So <laughs> let's change it up. There we go. If anyone's listening, if anyone cares, that's what that's what two of us think anyway. And uh, and the other ones uh, put a, uh, a piece of gaffer tape over his mouth <laughs> so that he can't say anything. I don't think I need to say anything. I can tell you that the Arsenal Vision podcast has just won best Premier League <laughs> podcast. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the one thing I would say is um, a big step was made this week in terms of supporters and representation of supporters coming together and showing a unified voice, which hasn't always been the case. So I think, you know, I feel like we're definitely, what did I describe it as in our WhatsApp? It's like a volcano. <laughs> We've had the tremors and it feels like, it feels like something can happen. Just hope it, hope it does soon really, because we're, oh, this Weymouth game is going to be horrible <laughs> if it goes one way. Yep. And it might not be much better if it goes the other way, really. <laughs> you don't, I don't know what to think on Saturday. I, don't, I honestly don't know what to expect. I hope we smash them. Yep. And I hope fans make their voices heard. Not singing Mr. Brightside or <laughs> Adele. other such bollocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> embarrassing, whoever they were. I mean, I like Mr. Brightside. That's a great song. But yeah. <laughs> What the fuck has it got to do with a football game? <laughs> Yeah, when you've got 1,600 fans in the ground. Yeah, we, to what, actually, can we just touch on that for a second? I know we were up against an England game, and I know it was the third of three home games in a row with a big game on Saturday to come. But where does that rank on the lowest attendances? That's horrendous. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 well, I don't remember going to watch a, a league game with that low an attendance. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't. I certainly don't recall it. No, no. Fo- no, there was never a football league game that went down that way, was it? No, unless you unless you count the whatever it was called trophy yeah. that everyone was um, boycotting. That probably went below it, didn't it? Yeah, there was a couple of pizza cup games that dipped below a thousand, I think. But that's about it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty rubbish. Um, there we go. I've got the I've got I've got the answer for you from Hewish. Uh, uh, nice. We had a one. 1,455 versus Stevenage and a 1,593 against Kingstonian. Both midweekers at the back end of the 99-2000 seasons as it petered out. So there we go. 1,455 versus Stevenage. I was probably at them. Yeah, you probably <laughs> were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved a midweek game. Yeah. Mainly because I had school the next day. It was all a bit exciting, you know? Yeah. That doesn't sound like it. they were very exciting fixtures, <laughs> to be fair. Not living long in the memory, but uh, yeah. So what about Weymouth then? Well, you've had a chat with a uh, a Weymouth 
recovering journalist. Exactly. He yeah. is not a Weymouth supporter. Well, no. at least I don't think he was. But uh, but yes, I caught up with Neil Walton, who is the Weymouth and Dorchester Town, I used to do it, does both of them, reporter for the Dorset Echo to find out a little bit more about what that mob down the road are up to these days. So here we go. Enjoy it. Okay, so hello, this is Dave, and I am joined now by uh, Neil, who is the Weymouth reporter uh, for the Dorset Echo. So I haven't asked Neil whether he's a Weymouth fan, uh, and I'm going to ask him to stay anonymous on that one because uh, our listeners might switch off. But uh, uh, but Neil, <laughs> thank you, first of all, for joining us on the Glover's Cast. Uh, you, you're welcome. Um, thanks very much for having me. No problem at all. So um, uh, we, we've obviously uh, been been talking on the podcast about the the form of Yeovil Town, which is uh, less than impressive going into the weekend's um, FA Cup tie. And when we look at the record of, of our friends down the road there, it's probably slightly less impressive than than, than ours. Uh, four defeats on the, on the trot, um, uh, sort of a couple of draws in there. Albeit a draw with Notts County at home, which is uh, which is no mean feat, uh, and a loss to Stockport, who uh, you know we, we we know are a decent side. Does that reflect the way that Weymouth are playing now, or is there more to it than just the um, the L's and the D's that we see in the in the past six results? Yeah, I, th- I think there's uh, a little bit more to it. Um, I think the particularly the the Notts County draw, I think, came off the back of uh, two successive wins. I think. Uh, they beat uh, Maidenhead and Solihull off the top of my head. Um, and obviously since then, obviously you mentioned uh, the results have tailed off. And uh, yeah, I think there's quite a few factors in play, really. Um, obviously, the, the the Bromley defeat doesn't look the greatest when you, when you analyse it. Uh, I think most fans who went to that game would probably agree that it was uh, the worst performance of the season. Um, and um, the 2-0 the loss to Halifax last time out. Um, Weymouth competed for, for large spells of that game. Um, I think, by and large, their trouble in the past seven games, uh, which is how long they've gone winless for uh, in recent times, is the just just the lack of the final killer touch when, when they get in the, the opponent's final third. Um, they, they've certainly had m- many spells of good possession, um, good passing. That's something that Brian Stock, the manager, has uh, you know instilled upon the players uh, this season. He's had obviously the chance to to build with them during pre-season for the first time. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, yeah, it's just that final killer ball. You know, they're, they're not creating as much as they should be for the amount of position that they're having, which has to be said is is quite quite a decent amount. Okay, and and so defensively, how are how are how are they looking? From what you're saying there, midfield and maybe up front is maybe the problem. But defensively, the the, the threes and the twos in the in the last few games suggest that they're they're shipping goals a bit. Is is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's a very fair assessment. Um, they haven't kept a clean sheet all season, so right. that's okay. the glaring that's the glaring statistic from a Weymouth point of view, and um, yeah. it's one that. I know Brian Stock is is very conscious of. Um, it wasn't so long ago, probably a month ago, that he uh, he mentioned to me that he was you know really craving that first clean sheet of the season, and uh, it's just not happened. And if anything, um, Weymouth are conceding more and more goals. Um, so from Saturday's point of view, I think um, obviously with it being a cup game, um, I think Weymouth maybe might to look 
might look to keep it a little bit tight. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's not it's not in their psyche to do so. I think they, they tend to want to play, uh, you know, attacking attractive football. So uh, I'd be very surprised if uh, that did happen, that uh, they, they became more defensive all of a sudden. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it doesn't sound too dissimilar to the uh, team that Yeovil played on on Tuesday night, Altrinham, who were a good, you know, um, attacking team. They ended up playing with a left-back in goal for uh, 74 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. So how we uh, only managed to draw there is a mystery to a lot of us, but um, good surface at Hewish Park as well. So I imagine the Weymouth boys will be looking forward to, um, they like to get the ball down and play, do they? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's been a key feature of uh, Brian Stock's play, uh, particularly this season. Um, and certainly the players have taken to it very well. And uh, like I said, the, the only glaring thing is just the, the lack of creation when they're, when they're getting on top of teams in, in their final third. Uh, but certainly you'll see um, when Weymouth come to Hewish Park on Saturday, a nice brand of, of football. It might not be uh, the nicest for Yeovil fans to watch <laughs> with it being Weymouth, but I'm, I'm sure... From a neutral's point of view, they they should be uh, pretty entertained by what they see. Yeah, I can't imagine there's going to be too many neutrals inside. No, I think Park. just us in the press box, really. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, just, just just you guys. But um, I suppose that's the next question, really. I mean, uh, it's obviously been a long time. Uh, since Yeovil and Weymouth played each other in front of fans. We obviously know that there were uh, two victories for the uh, boys in green and white last season in the league. But, I mean, what does this mean for the for the town of Weymouth and the, and the club of Weymouth as well to be playing Yeovil, but in front of fans? I think that gives it a real different complexion, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, just to touch on the first point there, I think for a town like Weymouth to, to play Yeovil with, with the fixtures history and everything that's gone on in the past. I think it means a great deal. Um, you only have to look at the reaction um, from social media when the draw was made. Uh, absolutely fantastic reaction from, from the fans. Uh, they obviously can't wait to, to play the Glovers up at Hewish Park. And I think if they were to win on Saturday in, in their backyards, uh, obviously making the the first round for the first time in 14 seasons, it would be for Wayne. Right. So, uh, obviously, just local bragging rights and um, purely from how long the wait's been, it would mean that much to, to the Weymouth fans to, to make progress. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to go back to the 80s, don't you, to find a Weymouth winning this um, in any fixture. But then there hasn't been that many fixtures, has there? So, uh, no, that's um, very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I suppose the last thing um, I'd ask you, Neil, was we, we recognise some of the players who are in the uh, in the Weymouth lineup. Obviously, Brandon Goodship had a, a spell in his parish, as did um, Calvin Brooks. Is it Calvin Brooks? Isn't it Calvin Brooks? Yeah, Calvin, Calvin Brooks. Brooks in defence had a, a little spell with uh, with you. I mean, who are the players that we should be looking out for in in the Weymouth side? Um, well, first of all, I think. Uh, Let's just pick up on Brandon Goodship. Um, he's probably not had the, the greatest second spell at Weymouth so far. Um, I think he's uh, been stationed out on the right wing quite a lot. Um, Brian Stocks tended to favour uh, Brad Ash. But that said, um, Brandon Goodship's happy to do a job out on the wide uh, wide areas. And um, I think once he gets on a run of scoring, um, he's going to be pretty difficult to stop um, if his uh, past record is anything to go by. Um Calvin Brooks uh, is another one who probably hasn't had as much game time as he would like, uh, certainly compared to last season, uh, where he was virtually an ever-present. And that was down to the form of Josh Leslie Smith at right back. So uh, 
it, those two have got a nice little competition for for that place going on. Um, I would I would say Weymouth's best player at the moment is uh, Omar Musa, who has um, been a very very big coup for the club. Um, he was last season uh, at Dover, uh, and Brian Stock was delighted to to get his signature in the summer. Um, he's he's very very skillful in midfield. Um, has a great habit of breaking up opposition attacks in the centre of the park. Isn't afraid to to make a tackle. Loves to do the hard yards, uh, box to box, and he's got that bit of quality as well. I think the only thing missing to his game really is goals. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. Omar Musa has has been the the best uh, Weymouth player this season, in, in my opinion. Um, other others to look out for. You've got um, Sean Shields and Ollie Harfield. Their combination on the left side for Weymouth. Uh, Sean Shields being the winger. Uh, he's he's basically the assist king at Weymouth. Um, you name it, he's, he's, he's good for an assist. Um, free kicks, corners uh, from open play as well. He uh, he loves it. Um, uh, Ollie Harfield will attack with him in tandem down the left. Uh, those two, uh, they just keep the chances coming for Weymouth. So, um, yeah, very very potent combination down there. Okay, fantastic. Right. Well, Neil, that's that's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, obviously have a safe but very short trip up the uh, up the road to Yeovil at the, uh, at the weekend. And uh, yeah, we're, we're obviously hopeful that there's not too many smiling faces in Weymouth come Saturday night. But uh, yeah, enjoy your time there if you can. Will do. Thank you very much for having me again. Cheers. No problem. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. All the best. Welcome back to the Glover's cast. Coatsy's finished his chat. Hope you enjoyed it. It was uh, nice to get a bit of an insight of what's going on down in Dorset. Um, down by the seaside. Yeah, now we need to talk about about that game. What does it mean to us? We know the what it means to Coatsy. Game. <laughs> Meh. Yeah. Mm. I was watching, more about I was watching City. the... The go- exactly the goal, the green and white goals against Bath City. Did you see it? The uh, throwback Thursday. Today. Yeah, if anyone what hasn't a seen it, from Michael McKindo. What? Can one of can one of you two try and say Chris's name, please, so I don't butcher it again? Chris Angelo. <clears throat> oh, what was that? Chris Angelo. 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 Yeah. Very nice. Well, we appreciate it, Chris, because they're like, like Michael. By the way, we didn't win best in social either. That went to the 92 Bible, but we weren't oh, nominated in that. Coates only just started the social. Yeah, that's why. Next year, <laughs> next year, Coates. Oh, he just keeps... started. What <laughs> do you think I've been doing for the last 36 months or really so? has got a title. Yeah, exactly. You have been linking to Cheltenham match reports from 2006, though. I have no idea how that's happening. I literally cut and paste thing. I've never <laughs> looked at that match report. Never. <laughs> But I can always rely one, on one does my, protest my fa- too much. <laughs> I, I can always rely on my Facebook troll, Mr. Jem Gardner, uh, probably the nicest man in West Yorkshire after Ben, obviously. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, and and uh, and and on the par with Colin Redman, who's my Twitter troll. Uh, but Jem, yeah, he's on me every time. Every time he's on me. Got no, no escape from Jem. Stop making mistakes, then. And well, yeah. And now you're gonna dock it out my wages, Ben. Every time I make a, every time I make a mistake, yeah. take out my wages. You have to start paying us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Anyway, um, yes. So what does Weymouth mean? Well, go on then. You, you say what it means to you. Who are you talking to? You. You're going to be there. <laughs> I am going to be there. It's, it's bittersweet, isn't it? It's like, for me, it's the first time in my adult life that I'm going to get to experience a competitive game against Weymouth. But it's also, why the hell are we... I mean, it's like overarching feeling of, oh, we're going to play them in just after Christmas and we're going to play them next April in the league because we're in the same league. And it's that overarching feeling of, I don't want to be in the same league as Weymouth. <laughs> how far have we fallen? How, you know, how how well have they done to reach a national league? Like it's, yeah, but also there, yeah, there's that excitement of, proper derby that everyone tells stories about (laughs) everyone talks about playing Weymouth and I don't know what it's like to play Weymouth in a proper match so um, I am excited and I just hope it yeah just hope it goes the right way yeah that's the thing. If it if it if it um if it, and, and listening to Neil talk there, it does sound like they've got very similar problems to us. They're struggling in front of goal. They, they, it sounds like they play it around very nicely in the middle of the park, but they do ship a lot of goals as well. So um, I know we've we've spoken about our ability to beat a left back in goal, but um, uh, if they are letting in goals at the rate of knots that they are, then surely we've got to seize an advantage there, haven't we? Uh, what do you, what do you think we we need to do? Do we need to sense blood and just go for it, Ben? What do you think? Do we just go from from the off? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, I think I think we do. I'm, I'm just I've been looking through some of the. Weymouth results uh, recently, losing 3-1 at Barnet, lost to Stockport 2-1, 3-0 Bromley, 2-0 against Halifax. And uh, quite a few occasions, they've gone behind before halftime. And I, I do think getting out getting out of the blocks, early doors is vital. Michael Cheek, 10th minute, Bromley, 45 plus one. They went 2-0 up. Halifax, Barnet scored in the first half. Mitch Brundle, remember him? He scored for Barnet against Weymouth when they played. So, Time and time again, it feels like that Jordan Slew first half, 30 minutes again for Halifax. They, they they feel like they're there to be got out quick. And if we've got a quick start against Altrium and it's not quite worked, I think we need the same level of intensity. I think we need the same level of uh, sort of get out them, possibly play the similar kind of formation, maybe go through 4-3-3 and just try and give them, try and give them hell early doors, really, and try and get, get, get one nil up and just settle the nerves, get the crowd on, on side. We don't know how many there are going to be. We would hope, well, how many are you hoping for Ian? Three, four, five. Got to be more than three. <laughs> Does it have to be more than three? Well, anything. Well, <laughs> I think anything less than three is a massive failure. Do you think they'll do? How do... you if you can't get people through the gates, to watch us play Weymouth for the first time in 21 years? years in front of fans in front of fans then what can you get people in for do you well, think Weymouth will bring both of their fans 
<laughs> well, I asked um, when we went off air, I asked Neil about this and he reckoned they brought probably about 50 to uh, fifty to 100 to most away games. Obviously, you know, it's a long way from Weymouth to a lot of places because, you know, try and keep Weymouth as far away from most other places as we can, don't we? But the um, so he reckoned they do like 10 times that. So he was reckoning something between 500 and 1,000. I'd be surprised if they bought 1,000, to be honest with you. But I bet you yeah. they'll have a few in the, um, I bet you'll have a few in the terrace. Well, hopefully. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm excited for it is because there be, there might be some people in the away end, <laughs> in way to, in away end other yeah. than the groundsmen. Yeah. Grounds people. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's going to, uh, uh, Ian's going to give it, Ian's going to give it some. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to go charging down the other end, tearing seats up and chucking them in and everything. <laughs> chucking flares, all sorts. It's going to be toxic. <laughs> oh, I won't do that at Weymouth fans. No. Depends who's in the director's box. No, oh, he's gone there. <laughs> he's gone there. He's gone there. No, I wouldn't do that. <clears throat> um Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a fun game. I think you're right, we need to go for him. It's gonna be totally different to Altrincham in that Altrincham defended really well. Yeah. So, you know, they defended like their lives were on the line, whereas if Weymouth can't defend, then we might get those chances that if we you know, create clear-cut opportunities to put away. Yep. So there is a difference. There is a difference. Um, let's just hope we don't, well, hope we don't get caught up in uh, the scenes. If there is, you know, if there is a an atmosphere, we've got a young squad, as we were reminded of uh, today, we've got a young team and calm heads need to prevail if things do get fiery. Yeah, I do wonder if we might see um, if we might physically see Ruben Reed, Mark Little there on the sidelines, possibly. Just to, I'm not sure where they've been. I think Reed's been there the last couple of games. I'm sure I've I've seen someone. And I just wonder if they're the going to be there physically a lot more in and around them, just to kind of keep a few calm heads together. Um, it is Wilkinson as well. Yeah, Wilkinson. I chuck him in there. Um, it's a big game for for the guys that are experienced. It's arguably Josh Staunton's biggest game for us. He's been one of our, if not the best player this season, maybe. Um, he's got a yeah, huge game marshalling those young lads around him. Um, I think I agree with what we said last time about, about possibly bringing Bradley back in or someone that's played a few more games rather than relying completely on low knees. Although I did note that he said Lewis Simple might be in the squad, which might be a bit of excitement, if, uh, especially if Pereira is, is still unwell. So... Yeah, it's it's a it's a big one. It's a it's a big one, all right, for multiple reasons. Obviously, the the football reasons are one of us is going to the FA Cup first round, and that brings with it, even at this early stage, a fairly interesting level of financial reward. I mean, who knows what happens if you get to third and fourth rounds? But we'll worry about that as and when one of us is going out and not even qualifying for the FA Cup proper this year, and. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of pressure on 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 two managers, really, as much as anything, because they're both in bang out of form at the moment. So a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure indeed. Massive, massive game. If it was anyone else, it would be massive still, but it happens to be them. It happens to be Weymouth. So now we've uh, spoken about what the derby means for us. Shall we talk about um, a, little, uh, a little hashtag that's... Uh... Some, some exploded casual, across social media. Um, some casual before, plagiarism. Know, 
absolutely couldn't be before the awards unfortunately but I'm com- but, yeah. by the way just just a little awards update by the way i've completely convinced they've forgotten all about the non-league divisions yeah yeah there you go I it's think- like the european super league all over again isn't it yeah, arsenal fan tv just won silver in something but we i'm convinced <laughs> that they've just yeah they've forgotten that the non-league even exists is it like uh when there's an international break and everyone says, oh, there's no football now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, there is. There's four Yeovil games in two weeks, which my wife is extremely pleased about. She loves it, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I reckon we're going to be on screen, you know, when they have a mid-interval and everyone goes off to the bar. I reckon they're just going to rattle through the non-league awards on screen. I'm going to completely miss it. A couple of PowerPoint slides. Yes, like, also, Also these... If that, just a small ticker like, across the bottom of the screen. Black aerial font on a white background. Comic Sans. Yeah. Is, <laughs> oh, God, no. Not <laughs> Comic Sans. I think we tear up anything that's in Comic Sans. Yeah. So, go on. You guys talk about the hashtag. Yeah, well, Ian, you talk about the hashtag because you were the one who, uh, who it. saw it, stole it, and created it. Well, <laughs> I don't think you stole it, did you? I was, did ins- you? I was inspired. Definitely stole it. I was inspired by Watsy. And his tweet. And so, thought, what was Watsy? What did what did what what was Watsy tweeting about? Because his right. was the first, wasn't it? His was the one that was uh, that that sparked it all. Hang on a second, mate. You've caught me on the hop here. I got oh, I thought. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, did, I, I didn't mean you had to. You had to read read it all out because oh, okay. it was quite long, wasn't it? Yeah. So, well, no, it was just uh, you know. So it, it, Watsy it, just talked about what being a Yeovil Town fan meant to him and all the things that had happened as a result of supporting Yeovil and just taking it away from the football and sort of just sharing what it means. And it was a bit inspiring. I think given everything that's going on and just the overwhelming feeling that all supporters are obviously feeling right now, it was... Why not? Let's turn it into a hashtag and share. And See what comes. And people we did. Have jumped and on people it. have really jumped on it, yeah. And on Facebook as well. So yeah. And it is fantastic to see what, what um can, can I read out what's his uh what's his post? There you go. Read out? It. Yeah, it's quite long, but I do like it. Okay, here we go. As much as I make out, I can't stand the place. Yeovil is in the blood. It's everything I've known since I was four. It's been weekends for the last 22 years of my life. It's my best pals, my fiance, the people I don't agree with, the ones I say hi to every week without having a clue what their name is. Memories of trips home and away with my late father, grumbles with my granddad, cup runs, the FA trophy, promotions, playoff wins and losses, relegations and the team who gets you up when they're winning and the one <laughs> and down when they're losing. Forget the land, forget the money-making ventures, the, the managers who've been and gone, the owners who haven't cared. To me and to so many others, it's everything. The decisions that have probably been made already shape what happens in weeks, months and years to come. That's why the position we're in with our current our current ownership so much more than any money is worth so much more than any other money making venture to the fans right now. I may have butchered that slightly at the end there, but um, yeah, it was uh, some 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 very nice and uh, touching words, which were followed up by some of your own Ian as well. Yeah, it was touching, and I think it's totally relatable to anyone who's you know spent their Saturday afternoons 
at Hewish Park or even not at Hewish Park watching the football because it's so many it's so many different feelings isn't it it's like for me it's like I've always gone with family yeah and for yeah for me it was afternoons with my mum my granddad my great uncle and a family friend it was you know all of us sat there all of us jumping on a coach to Birmingham to watch us beat Stevenage in the trophy mm-hmm. final jumping on a coach to watch us lose to Blackpool jumping on a coach to watch us win <laughs> against <laughs> Brentford yeah um yeah it's it is more than just the football it's just that shared experience and I think that's the other thing that you know that Elliot said about you know saying hello to people that don't even know their name just because they're they sit next to you every week or they sit near you every week it's and I get that when I get you know going now I'll still go and sit under the h unless I'm on commentary or in the box um under the h in the screw fix stand if you want to come and say hi (laughs) I won't be there on Saturday I'll be somewhere else um it's all those people that you know that's where I've always been and I'll always gravitate to go back there because of just it's almost like it is my seat <laughs> that's it's not my seat but that is where I'm going to sit yeah every time what about you Dave what did I, I can't even remember why I think I think I would summarize it all by saying that if I ever meet anybody it probably takes me till about 5 minutes to tell them that I'm a Yeovil town supporter and uh, and I saw somebody somebody else right it's just who I am. And and it, and it is because I, I don't know what I would do without it. Honestly, and that might sound a bit tragic, but I, I don't know what I would do <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have to drive however many thousand miles um, every year to, to, to go and watch him play. I just, I just don't know what I'd do with myself. And it, it's scary to think that you, you know, I don't know whether I'd be as dramatic as saying we're in a position where that's, you know, that that is at risk or not. But the very fact that we're even contemplating the fact that it could be at risk, that's pretty scary. That is pretty scary that we could, um, that we could lose all that. And I, and I, and I don't, I, I like to stay positive and like to think that there's, ne- there's never going to be a risk that we are going to lose all that. But it's certainly one of the moments where you just think to yourself, you're actually thinking that it's, even something that you're contemplating is quite a scary thing to do. Yeah. And Ben, George. yeah. what about you? You haven't written anything yet. I've been very busy today. Um, <laughs> so it's for me, for me, Yeovil is, is what made football real. Before I discovered Yeovil around 2000, football was Gaza in Euro 96 on the telly. It was uh, Michael Owen, France 98 on the telly. And a strange desire to be the third in the front three of Dwight York, Savo Milosevic at Aston Villa. Um, very strange. Not quite sure why I ever drifted towards Aston Villa, but I did. And uh, funnily enough, that FA Trophy game, I was front row, halt end, in my Villa shirt. And Adam Stansfield jumps into me after he scores. And my, the bloke stood next to me. You can just about make out my claret and blue Aston Villa shirt in the front row. Um, on the clip it's um it's what makes football real and it's what kept me um close to home when I now live however many hundreds of miles away that I do it's allowed me to 
be creative later on in life. I've managed to work for Yeovil, work with Yeovil, work on Yeovil. And it's allowed me a, a passion that I didn't know or I take for granted sometimes. And with that comes the chance to meet people. I've met you strange northerners uh, in the process and done far too many miles on northern motorways moaning about stuff. You know, we, we enjoy the good days, but there was that quiet track back from, was it Stevenage, Dave, or was it Rushton, where we did about... Dagenham. Dagenham. Dagenham, yeah. We did about yeah. five hours and said about three words. It was horrendous. Um, I think it's really moody. I do. Really I do. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's bad enough when he loses a quiz. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so... Go there. Don't go there. Still too soon. Still too soon. <laughs> so for me, it's not about family. My dad was someone who enjoyed watching football from afar and quite happily drove me to all of my games and all the rest of it, but he wasn't a, a fan. He's a he's an armchair Arsenal fan, a bit like you, actually, um, Ian. Um, so... <laughs> It was it was something that I kind of gravitated towards naturally myself and kind of dragged dad along with me. Dad used to come with me to games and we used to I remember I remember even going to reserve games on Tuesday nights and things like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 so much more. It's it's a feeling like that you can't really explain um, when you have an affection towards a football club and those moments hit that moment at Forest. It doesn't it's not a real feeling. And I don't quite know how to describe it to somebody who says you don't quite get the understanding of going to a, a gig and I don't really get it. If I go to a gig, a music gig or a comedy gig or a, an arts thing, or a, some people love TV shows like it's the best thing ever to happen. I don't really get it for those things. I get it for football. I get it for those moments. And when they apply to Yeovil, it's, it's not tangible. It's not describable. So that's what Yeovil means to me. And Can, can you remember the first goal you saw at Hewish Park? Uh, yes, it was Bournemouth. It would have been 1999. It might have been a pre-season friendly. And I think we won. Yes, I couldn't tell you the exact goal. It was definitely Bournemouth. Might even have been, yeah, it would have been 99-2000. Yeah, 99-2000, I think. Okay. My mind escaped me. I don't think I've copied and pasted that set of match reports yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're I'm still to come. Going back to see through the stats, but I can remember mine. I don't know if mine will be on it actually. Or it might be. Um, we played Swindon. Oh, it's not on it. We played Swindon in a pre-season friendly, and their fullback scored. You know Lee Dixon's own goal where he boots it over David Seaman. Yeah. Their, their fullback did that. That was the first goal I ever saw scored for Yeovil an own goal in a pre-season friendly <laughs> yeah. and then I was adamant that they didn't equalise because just I just didn't believe it had happened <laughs> <laughs> those were the day there was no roof on the no roof on the end then not that much else has changed no true um, I would I would encourage anyone to go and um, just sift through the hashtag that Ian plagiarized and stole off off Elliot and um, just taking a few moments because for some people, you know, it's the heroes as well, isn't it? It's the people involved. It's for me, it's Patmore and Pennock. It's goes on to become Stansfield. It goes on to become Skiverton and all the rest of it. And those guys that have even more recently, Madden, Foley. I'm a big Foley fan, big Sam Foley guy, me. Um, those guys that all sort of come along with it. It's those people, it's those heroes that you look up to um, far beyond 
far beyond anything. And heck, you've even had a chance to talk to a couple on here. Plug the Kevin Gore thing. You know what I mean? It's that opportunity to be, uh, yeah, it's given us far more than I, I could ever wish for. And yeah, here we are talking about it twice a week. It's halftime in the Football Contents Award, by the way, and we've not been uh, we've not been up yet. So I would just conclude with this little chat about that hashtag that uh, Andy Craig, former uh, competitor in the uh, in the, the Glovers young, Cast, the young pretender, the young pretender in the Glovers Cast quiz, did uh, did did put his out, and he said um, he was born hours prior to um, the Fulham. Uh, when we beat not Fulham out of the FA Cup back in uh, the dark days, and he was named after Andy Wallace, who scored that night. So, Andy Wallace was the first goal scorer I ever saw at Yeovil as well. So, <laughs> I won't tell you when that was, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> 1992, climbing. You weren't even born then. I know, I know. I've heard it all before. I was. I was four. I was. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> You're yeah, not that you were... old. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, are we uh, going to end with a quiz? Yeah, let's leave it to a very well-organised, well-drilled, totally <laughs> professional quiz. Who was up tonight? Who was up to... Uh, tonight we had uh, the reigning Clevo. champion, Andy Cleave, against a, um, uh, a Stuart Barnes who got in touch with us via Twitter. And I, I do say at the end, if anybody wants to, drop us a line on Twitter and you're more than welcome to come and take... <laughs> one and i promise it'll be better organized than this one. what have you just done was that a spoiler you just spoiled the fucking quiz <laughs> what what did i say you, oh for jesus christ <laughs> you said, him in you invited, of anyone, media. invited anyone on to take on oh no <laughs> oh blimey you're gonna have to cut it there <laughs> we'll you put a bleep sound in. We'll leave it we'll oh leave it yeah <laughs> huh <laughs> Don't keep that, in. <laughs> that tops off the day, doesn't it? Oh, fucking hell, we better beat Weymouth. Okay, so it's quiz time, and I am joined by our new uh, and I guess reigning champion, Andrew Cleave, uh, one more time. Clevo, good to have you back. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, nice to be back. Absolutely. Bit of a surprise, but... Well, there you go. Mr Perkins still uh, crying his tears, I think. And uh, oh, we've got a, a new... Cha- yeah, I know. He's very upset about it. But we've got a new challenger. Um, he contacted us via Twitter, as anyone can, if anyone wants to uh, to take on a quiz. So welcome to the Glovers cast, Stuart Barnes. Hello, Dave. <clears throat> uh, are, are you are you ready? Are you are you are a regular yeah. listener? You you know the, not, you understand. Yeah, the I certainly am. I listen to every single podcast so episode. So yeah. Okay. Well, absolute dedication that is. Yeah. Now now you've seen Stuart sing behind the curtain now, so he knows what an absolute farce this is. So I uh, I'll I'll confess that before this, I I've misplaced one of my player uh, histories, so uh, I had to hastily put one together. So we'll see how well this goes, but uh, this is what happens when Ben and Ian aren't around. So okay, but by luck or by judgment, there is a theme to tonight's um uh, tonight's uh. A quiz which is combative midfield players so there you go there's a bit of a clue to the two of you so here we go i'll start with the first one 
I was born in Barking in East London in April 1979 and began my career as a 20-year-old for my local side, Dagenham and Redbridge. In my first campaign, I was part of the Daggers side, which which, which finished the 1999-2000 season as champions of the Eastman League Premier Division, playing in the heart of midfield, of course. We scored 92 times that season, with me chipping in with a number. I was a regular in our first season up in the conference, playing 41 times, including wins over Yeovil Town, both home and away, guiding the Daggers to a third-place finish. Dagenham finished runners-up and goal difference the year after. But in 2002-03, we became the first team to make the newly introduced conference playoffs, finishing fifth. We missed out to a golden goal winner for Doncaster Rovers, but I did become a Football League player after signing for Yeovil Town in the summer of 2003. It took me until my uh, till the fourth match, a 2-0 defeat at Leighton Orient, to make my appearance coming off the bench after 73 minutes for Nick Crittenden. My first start came a couple of days later, a 4-1 defeat at the hands of Macclesfield. And despite Messrs Crittenden, Way and Williams and Johnson being in the midfield options, I managed to make 41 appearances that season. That included a first-half red card in a 3-2 defeat at Darlington, a team I would go on to represent later in my career. I managed seven goals as Gary Johnson's men romped to the Division Three title in 2005, with my most memorable coming with a goal in the FA Cup third-round defeat at Charlton Athletic. In that game, I wheeled away to point at my more famous footballing brother in the stands. The clue there, fellas. Paul Terry. Paul Terry is the correct of course answer. It is. Of course it is. I was well really played. struggling there. I, I was thinking this is the hardest one I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It was yeah. a tough one, to be fair. I've got to say, they, uh, they, 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 they are a, a, a lot more difficult uh, when you, um, uh, when, when you know, you know, the pressure is on. I think so. Um, so yeah, they, de- they definitely do come a little bit more like that. Right, bear with me a second, fellas. I'm going to have to pause this. Okay, we're back. So, team number, uh, player number two, I should say. I was born in Wembley in London in May of 1978. And my professional career began at Millwall. I made my debut in a 3-2 home win over Preston North End in January 1997, lining up in a midfield alongside former England midfielder Ray Wilkins for the Lions. In my second game, I was sent off for two bookings in a 5-1 defeat at Stockport County, which set the tone for my career as a somewhat combative midfield player. Mark Bircham? Oh, Mark Bircham is the right answer, Cleaver. I well thought done. that one was going to go on a lot longer than it did. <laughs> Congratulations, Clevo. That was a that's a good 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 shout. Never even got to the haircut. I wasn't. Yeah, I was. I was waiting for. I was waiting for the uh, tights type description to come in because he used to wear tights. Didn't I? Did, I wasn't going to mention tights, but I was going to mention that slightly striking haircut. Shall we say that he had? Okay. Like, all comba- like all combative midfielders have. Absolutely, absolutely. There is a connection here as all of our combative midfielders are uh, are born in London as well. So, But that probably oh, says okay. something about the uh, the number of uh, London-based players we've had in our time, doesn't it? 
So, um, so yes. So, yeah. yeah, well, there you go. It's one all then going into the third and decisive player. <laughs> Are we ready, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm ready, which is something. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's go. I was born in Whitechapel in London in January 1987. And my career started in the youth setup at Tottenham Hotspur. I signed a professional contract at White Hart Lane, but the nearest I got to a first team place was an unused substitute in a couple of UEFA Cup ties over Slavia. Ryan Prague. Mason. Oh, he's, not he's Ryan it. Mason. No, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it. So the rules of the game, Stuart, are that you wait, yeah. um, uh, sit out until we get to the end of the next paragraph. Good, good well, shout. Well, but not I don't, I'm not sure if Mason was combative thinking no, about it. He was more he creative, wasn't he? But <laughs> well, let's not split hairs, Clevo. Come on, no need to, no need to mock. <laughs> you haven't won yet, right? I'm not mocking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as an unused substitute in a couple of UEFA Cup ties over Slavia Prague and Sporting Braga, my first professional game came at Millwall where I was sent on loan in November 2006 and made my first start in a two-all draw with Doncaster Rovers at the New Den. Stuart, you're back in. I played six matches during my loan spell there. Before Dean Parrott. Yeah, it's, that's a good shout. It's not Dean Parrott though. It's not Dean Parrott. So, uh, so Stuart, it's good. you've got some good guesses for Tottenham midfield <laughs> players, but uh, yeah, you might want to wait a little bit longer. Uh, until that was a good shout. To the next that one. was a better shout than the Mason one, I think. So. Okay, okay. So, I played six matches during my loan spell at Millwall before returning to Tottenham, where I made it onto the substitute bench in a number of top flight fixtures. Despite that, I was released in the summer of 2007 and snapped up by Peterborough United, where I slotted into the centre of midfield for the 07-08 campaign. I played 50 times and scored eight goals and was named Posse's Player of the Year. But the following season, I was moved back into defence. Despite that, I was player of the season again for the second successive season and Peterborough were promoted to the Championship. In fact, it was my goal in a 1-0 win at Colchester in the penultimate game of the season, which clinched promotion. In 2009-10, I played 37 times uh, in the Championship, which saw Peterborough swiftly dispatched back to League One. And in the summer 2011, a certain Gary Johnson arrived at London Road. Having made me a regular in the, uh, in the first team for the first three months of his tenure, Gary loaned me out to Gillingham for a month in November of that year before bringing me back in mid-December. He was gone by January and despite playing 44 times, I was allowed to leave Peterborough and join Gilligan permanently in the summer of 2011. I spent three years there making 46 appearances and in the summer of 2014, I left to join Stevenage, recently relegated to League Two. For two seasons, I was a regular fixture in the side and was managed by Darren Sahl, who took over at Broadall Lane in the February of that year. He allowed me to leave for National League late. Charlie Lee? Charlie Lee is the right answer, Clevo. Yes, it is. So we have the... the, Clevo has retained his title for a second. That one was going on for a bit. I was wondering whether whether Stuart was going to swoop in there. I thought he had it with Parrot, to be fair. I thought he yeah. had it with Parrot. There you with, go. With the Tottenham connections. Yeah, yeah. well, Parrot I think they, for, that's probably threw Parrot people off a bit. Stevenage, didn't he? Parrot did play for Stevenage. Did play for yeah, Stevenage, he did. yeah. So it could have been. So really I was a good shout, but. There yeah. we go. Right. Well, well Clevo, keep next Thursday well. free because we're going to need you to come back again. 
And Stuart, thank you. Thank you yeah. very much for uh, joining us on the Glover's Cast. Thanks for taking on the quiz. And if there's anyone out there that wants to take Clevo on, please let us know and we will get you well, on. Thanks, Stuart. Well, Hopefully, thanks, Stuart. Very it good. will be a, a bit more organised. Thanks I, very I much. Can... Yeah, well done. Take care, fellas. Yeah, well, thanks, Stuart. Yeah. Cheers, 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 chats. Right. Have a good, have a good yeah. one, Dave. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 